Brilliant. Thanks, Amber. I will let you get back to some canning now, shall I? <laughs> uh, that would be fabulous. It's apple season. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe is interviewing Amber Christian of Wonderly Software. Amber found us and here we are. Amber is the founder of Wonderly Software Solutions. Wonderly uses human-centred design to bring magic back to software through their product Bellasina. Amber started Wonderly after almost a 20-year career in technology. She writes and speaks on a variety of topics both nationally and internationally. Back to the studio. Today, I'm interviewing Amber Christian of Wonderly Software Solutions. Thanks for joining me, Amber. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited for this discussion. Brilliant. So start by telling us a bit about who you are and what you do and, crucially, where you do it. Mm -hmm. So I'm Amber Christian, as you said, and I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So that's where I'm coming from. So, yes, if you hear a little bit of that Minnesota accent that a lot of people seem to know about around the world, <laughs> talk to. Um, so, yes, I'm a tech entrepreneur and I run my own startup company and build a product called Bellasina and it's used for productivity. And we'll get into more about what Bellasina is. So I'm based in the States and really happy to be talking with folks from overseas. Lovely. And do you work from home, from an office, from coffee shops? I work out of my house which I have done for a few years now. It's the, I don't want to have office space rental and, and I don't need that at this stage of the game. Hopefully someday you grow to that point, right? Where you can't remotely manage all of it. But for now I work remotely from my home. Brilliant, lovely. I don't think I'll ever be doing that anywhere else other than my home as well. <laughs> You know, other home from homes. I don't think I'll be doing the, the whole office thing. I did too, far too much of that in the past. Oh, I know. I spent so many early years in my career because I did a lot of consulting work for large corporations. I've, I've been in technology yeah. for 20 years. And so I spent probably the first 15, 16 years of my career always in an office. And mm -hmm. it's only been in the last three to four with the nature of the type of work I've been doing that I've been working more remotely. And it is mm -hmm. very different. Yes, yeah. So tell us a bit about why you do what you do. So you've you've worked in corporate and you've done consultancy. Now you're doing your own your own thing. How's that all come mm -hmm. about? Mm -hmm. So a few years ago, I recognized there was a fundamental problem we had around meetings and productivity. And a lot of us are sitting in bad meetings or we think to ourselves after that meeting, boy, I'd like that hour of my life back. Things weren't being tracked or followed up on. So I realized we just had this fundamental disconnect between a lot of the applications we were using and what we were really doing in real life and what we needed in real life. So that took me on a journey of saying, okay, it's 
time to put away that consulting career because that was it was an SAP, so I did SAP implementations, and start to actually build a product that really looked at productivity differently and looked at how we manage our time differently. Hmm. And how? Tell us more about how, what, why that's different, and and, and what you saw as mm-hmm. the, the sort of issues that needed to to be resolved. Because you're mm-hmm. right, you know, we. I think I'm sure everyone listening is thinking, yep, been in loads of those meetings. Yep, come out of those meetings and things haven't happened. And I was, in fact, I was in one myself yesterday, and and we've recently had our administrator um, leave, and somebody was saying we need somebody to take minutes and take actions, and and I, I was I was not in the best place in that meeting. <laughs> And I ended up saying, well, surely we all write our own actions down and we just go away and do them, don't we? Isn't that how it's supposed to work? We're all adults here. And then I thought that was probably not the the best response. But it is the actual sort of point, isn't it? Well, yes. (laughs) Part of us to do that in a better way might be helpful. So tell us. And that. That is exactly the purpose, is how do we help people do it in a better way? So if we even just dig into that meeting, your meeting notes is the first perfect example. How many of us think back to that meeting you left where everyone walked away with a different impression about what was supposed to be done and what the mm-hmm. actions were? And I find commonly then you, you circle back a week later and you say, okay, well, did you do that thing? Well, I wasn't supposed to do that thing. Oh. So we have the same meeting again and again and again because we don't really have everything tracked and followed up on. So one of the things that we've done in Bella is we have, we started with what we call an instant meeting, which is just, it's basically a digital notebook, right? So you can take notes and it's collaborative. So multiple people have access to it. But then the best part of it is you can create the follow-ups right in the application and they go on your to-do list in the application. So it's all there. So it's no more of, okay, I have my my handwritten notes and then I take my actions and everybody else takes their own actions. But nobody has sort of a central record of what happened and this lets you have that more central record of what happened along with automating that process of getting stuff on people's follow-up to-do list so you don't Mm -hmm. you know if you lose your notes or you forget them somewhere oh they were they were in a word document this time they were in a google doc the next time evernote i mean we've just heard about a tremendous amount of ways and that people aren't consistent in how they track it so we went we went in with this idea of okay if you use this this instant meeting digital notebook you can track all that right there and it goes on everyone's follow up lists so that was one of the first kind of problems we were going after is that whole idea of who said they were going to do what by when for the follow up activities And it's a huge issue, right? If we think about how many meetings we have to have over and over again, or how long are we chasing things because we don't have a shared understanding. And we spent a lot of time in conversations with people as we were building this product. It's really a tremendous issue. The bigger issue with it, and I thought it was just me when I was first, you know, going after this whole meetings and productivity problem, is I would find myself, you come out of one of those meetings where you want that hour of your life back, and you're frustrated, you're upset, 
or you're totally disengaged at this point. You're just kind of rolling your eyes saying, oh, why do I have to do this again? And that we're creating far bigger problems because we aren't being effective with how we're running and executing our meetings and even our productivity in general. Yes, yeah. And so do people then have to use the the system to manage their task list as well or can they integrate that with other things they do or I guess they could set up automation to integrate mm -hmm. it if nothing else but what's the intention yep. with that? Yes as of right now you would enter all of your to-dos right in Bella I'm um, in the, mm -hmm. the platform itself in the future we'll be integrating with other platforms but for now mm -hmm. you would have to put them all in that application what we mm -hmm. do with it is we do sync to Google Calendar so if you actually want to plan and actually schedule out your to-dos, because there's a lot of people that say, okay, I'm going to make time for that most important to-do, put it on the calendar, and that'll sync back with Google Calendar. So we do have integration from that perspective, but we haven't mm -hmm. yet integrated with other um, applications for the to-dos. We'll do that probably three or four months from now is bring things in from other project management systems. So the sort of journey for you was through sort of corporate and, and technology and then spotting an opportunity and, and uh, putting something together to resolve that, you know, that issue. Mm -hmm. Did you always want to do that? Did you always want to find something for yourself rather than work for other people? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> this was as big a shock to me as <laughs> it didn't seem to be a shock to those who knew me, but <laughs> I I had my own consulting business before and I was perfectly happy doing that even when this idea came along and yeah. I had never realized that I could go do that or that I should go do that. That was something that really never occurred until I finally hit this breaking point with all of this unproductive stuff because yeah. I, I was noticing even in my consulting business, I was supporting multiple different um, companies doing different projects. And that's definitely a freelancers and small business world, right? It's working with a whole bunch of different people and they're all on different systems. And so the idea of being able to use Bella to help you coordinate, okay, who's going where and what. But no, I was the last person I thought that would ever start their own tech company. Not, that yeah. was not in my life plan. <laughs> and of course you've gone from providing a service to providing a product, creating a product, which is quite different as well. It's extremely different. Yes, it's the, you know, the service-based world. I gotten very used to what did that look like? And so it was the conferences and the relationship building and, and sales processes. And I was in the SAP world, right? And so I was, I was very established mm -hmm. in that world. Building a product is a very different animal. It's, it's really different. There's a lot of the customer service components and things that have benefited me to be able to do that and have a lot of interaction with people doesn't, that doesn't, surprise or stymie me I don't feel the need to hide the way some people do and want to just build things so that that part was different but even just getting um, making sure you you have the right support processes in place making sure people can find or figure things out or there's easy ways to reach out if they have questions or if they want features because we we do such an active dialogue with our customers about you know what they need and in the product yeah. in order for enhancements and things so yes it the the lead times the product cycles it's very different when you're building something versus doing a mm -hmm. service 
so how did you actually go about it then so you so you're in corporate you've got this great idea uh or not in corporate you're in a service um business you've got this great idea you're you're going to transition to where you are now with this product and with clients and and working you know to develop the product but what was the process and i appreciate this will be the quick version Oh, I've hours. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. We would be here for hours if you wanted the long version. Uh, what um, the process I used? So I used human-centered design, which really is just a fancy pants way of saying I talked to a lot of people that were interested in this problem or that had this problem, and I did that along the way. So along the way, I had sort of a series of gates we went through. The the first key one was we did some interviews to understand the pain points better. And that was how I actually came to understand that the emotions around meetings were just as big as the issues of the meetings themselves mm. and understanding how to design and build in for that. Yeah. So that was the first step. The next step, we actually built up some mock-ups and we actually showed them to some people and gathered a whole bunch of feedback. So we did a review with about 30 people to actually understand what we were proposing to solve, like what did they think of that solution. And from there, we actually started building the solution and along the way, continuing to collect feedback from people. Because that's what's been a little different about my process. You know, a lot of people have this whole philosophy of saying, you'll hear, especially Facebook made this really famous, and I don't think it was for better. They had this whole concept of move fast and break things, just shove things out there, just, just put them in there and have people just sort of deal with it. Mm. I wasn't like that. So it took us about two years to actually do the build. So I was still working full time while I was doing this on the side as well. So for me, it was about being intentional and thoughtful about how we designed and brought our product to market. And that's what we'll keep doing because software is something you're constantly iterating and developing, right? And you're constantly mm -hmm. adding more things to. So my mm -hmm. process looked and felt probably a little different than that traditional, just shove something out there type of philosophy. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, what then comes to mind for me is how um how the process is is what you've described but then as you move forwards it's about sort of doing the day job but also continuing as you say to to take feedback and then developing further and then mm -hmm. i'm sort of thinking well it must be there's development there's you know promotion there's customer service you know immediately you end up with a, a really um quite complex organize or not organization complex business how yeah. do you personally or how do you manage that as an organization and how do you personally manage your time to do that because you know at the beginning when you have no customers and you're just asking lots of people for ideas it's probably fairly simple to organize your time but as soon as you have a product and customers as well and you know people wanting improvements and all that sort of stuff and you have to go and find more customers all of a sudden you have lots of moving parts discuss yes. <laughs> Oh, the moving parts. Yes. I, it's like a proverbial chess match. You're moving, but there's not just one move at a time. There's about six happening at a time, right? Yeah. <laughs> for me, right now, where I'm at, right, because I'm early stage and we've been in the market for a few months since so I'm in that more adding more and more customers to the platform as well as doing the enhancements. It's what we really do to manage some of the feedback is we actually collect all of the feedback and we keep things in a backlog and we to actually look at what 
what all people are requesting. So I look yeah. for a lot of commonality in feedback in order to help me around the prioritization of what to actually add to the product. That gets added in addition to the roadmap we already have, right? Because that, that's one thing that's come out of previous feedback and features that we know we need to build. So that alone, that whole thing is complex at the, mm -hmm. at the very outset. But that I'm used to that kind of work because that's what I've done for many years in implementation world and, and the project management part. The other side is how do you actually engage in that new customers, right? But for me, it's all about prioritization and actually being super intentional about the scheduling. So one of the things that, that I do, I try to keep it dead simple because I don't want my processes way too complicated, right, for managing my time because there's enough other complexity there. So one yeah. of the big things I do to make sure as a business that I'm always moving forward is I take that one thing that I really need to get done on any given day and make sure that time is scheduled on the calendar so I can be super intentional about that piece of the business that I'm moving forward that day. Mm -hmm. Whether that means it's a blog post, whether that means it's um, going on to a podcast, whatever that thing is, I try to be super intentional about that and put it on the calendar. That mm -hmm. keeps that piece moving forward. Then you have to have some flexibility past that because you don't know what will come in for customer support or additional information people need. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've started to do that one thing bit recently on the basis that a lot of our a lot of my guests have talked about three things for the day. But I, I it's 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 odd. But the minute I start thinking about three things then I think it's really difficult to prioritize three things, it's so much easier, I think, to to prioritize the one thing, I guess. The, the you know the book of the same name <laughs> would say the same. But, you know, that there, there is always one absolutely vital thing to move the business forwards that you can identify um, in the moment mm -hmm. three just I think makes it start to get a bit too uh, you know too nuanced and so on so in interesting that you're you're doing that one thing as well yes I try to do that one thing that's the that's the biggie and I've even got some tips and sometimes it's been like okay we'll put five things on the calendar but if you can boil that down to do one but here's the thing about the one do the worst one that's actually what I would tell you, that one thing, the thing you know you're procrastinating about, right? We mm -hmm. all have it. It's like, oh, I really should do this. Oh, it's easier to go do these other things. Get that one that is painful for you done, scheduled on the calendar, because it actually really jumpstarts your productivity. But you're right, yeah. it is one thing. And it's not, it, your brain can only hold, I think they say up to five things at a time. And so by focusing on that one, you wanna shut out the noise and distraction and make sure you move that one forward. And I have whole other theories and I'd be curious to hear your input on this as well. You know, this whole journey of growth that we're all walking on, it can get really easy after a while to get burned out exhausted or thinking why am i why am i doing this you know we all kind of go through those emotional periods where we're like well, what did i even really get done this week and so one of the things around encouraging people to say take that one thing but not only that get it on your calendar i don't care if you use mm -hmm. Bella, use google calendar use whatever but get it on the calendar because one of the things you can then do is you can start to reflect back on time with those things that you're getting completed. I've noticed personally, since I've really started doing that, it's been extremely helpful in those moments or those days where you're 
where the, as I like to call it, the emotional gas tank or the emotional batteries are low, where you, where you can look back and go, oh, but look at all these other things that I got done. Okay, okay, all right, I can pick myself back up. Let's keep going. So there's a whole hidden benefit to why do you be intentional about it and why it needs to be on your calendar. Otherwise, you lose it off of lists. Yeah. If it's on handwritten lists, if it's in other site applications and they just it just disappears, get that thing on the calendar. That's the biggest encouragement I give people. Yeah, I think that's that's a good idea. I um I do a daily gratitude thing um uh, using the app um I can't even think what it's called now. Something about five minutes a day or something, hang on. Uh the five minute journal. And um it asks for three things you're going to do today and I actually consistently um, put things like enjoy and chill and yeah. all the nice positive things about having a lovely life um, yeah. but I, I, I use one of those three slots for the one thing so I do write it down so s sort of a bit like you said so that I've um, I've been intentional. I've I've also highlighted it so that at the end of the day, when I look back and I know that I've done that thing, I know that, you know, it's been a successful day because that was the one thing that I must get done, you know, regardless of anything else. And obviously the enjoying mm -hmm. and chilling and everything else is part of that too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, it. you're right. We have turned work into a little bit of drudgery, haven't we? <laughs> and we've, we've, you know, some we can be really hard on ourselves. Let's kind of let's be honest. We can be super hard on ourselves. And oh well, I'm supposed to get 14 things done today, and if I don't, like the whole mental chatter that we have about what we're supposed to do versus what we would ever expect anyone else to accomplish. And that's yeah. why I want to talk about one thing, one thing and get that done so you can really look back and say, okay, I did get this done or I mm -hmm. did move this one thing forward because we do need to practice more gratitude and more reflection because it helps us even just emotionally balance everything out. And mm -hmm. it, it, I think it took me to hitting my 40s to starting to realize some of this, like, hey, you need to step back and and be a little more grateful about what you accomplished and, and recognize that and give yourself a little credit for it. Because yeah. most of us are always just push, 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 push. Oh, well, I got those four things, but I didn't get these six done. And so therefore I wasn't successful. No. We yeah. Rewire ourselves, be a little kinder to ourselves, get that one done and smile when you get it done. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So what about the practical side of getting those things done that you have got to do? So you, you've, you're using your calendar. Do you um, use your system? <laughs> I do every day. <laughs> oh yeah, every day. Yes, and it's it's funny because I've conditioned myself. I come in in the morning, and one of the first things I do is I dump out anything that showed up overnight. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, and these other random things. Just get it out of my head because again, yeah. we can only hold so many things in our head, and that's part of all this mental stress we add to ourselves as we try to keep all this stuff in our head or we keep them on, on these manual lists. So I mm. use my product to do that. Then I look across what my day actually looks like and see, well, is it meetings? Is it, I look for how do I manage my energy for that given day as well? Mm. You know, how, how am I feeling that particular day? Am I tired that day? Okay, well, I should pick off once I get the important thing done, then I should just do things that are much lower 
brain input, etc. So I've really been looking a lot more at where is my energy at for that given day. And again, if you get that most important stuff done, that that really helps for that. So for me, it's about dumping things out of my head and then really looking across my day to figure out where am I actually going to get that stuff done. And then I drag and drop it onto my calendar so that I've got those those time slots there because that's part of the whole point of Bella's being able to integrate your to-do list with your calendar and then all your meetings and your meeting notes as well. And how do you determine those peaks and troughs in terms of your energy moving sort of forward you know in the morning at the beginning of the week how, how do you know how that works for you? I know that the beginning of the week I typically have more energy and early in the morning is when I have my most energy. So for me, that really, that deep thought work where I really have to put a lot of mental input, that comes early in the morning for me because that's where my energy is greatest. I also know that once you hit about 3 p.m., your energy goes off a cliff. And so one of the things you should do is you don't want super important meetings 3 p.m. or later because they'll you're not going to be totally mentally as in the same place as you would be earlier in the day. So when I actually structure my days where I can, right? And not everybody can do this, right? I totally understand that. But where I can, I try to move meetings up a little earlier and before 3 p.m. So I do my deep work early in the morning, do my meetings kind of mid-morning, and then 3 p.m. and after it's the I just got to get this stuff done doesn't require a lot of brain input because my energy is lower. Mm-hmm. And what about um, other tools and apps that you use? Obviously, you use your own system. Mm-hmm. Which is, yep. Remind me, you keep saying Bella, it's Bella Scene, isn't it? Is that the- Bella Scena. Bella Scena. Yep. Sina, Sina. It's, a, it's Italian for beautiful scene. Beautiful, yes. Yeah. I'm not beautiful. I assume scene was seen, but you know, my Italian's not what it could be. <laughs> <laughs> I know most people go, oh, when they see the second word, no, it's it's scene. <laughs> and that's a scene, but it, <laughs> it's just beautiful scene. It's about giving you more perspective, right? So with okay. Bella, it's really about everything centrally managed around the calendar, integrated to the calendar, but having one kind of main view of all of it, your to-dos, your meetings, your notes, et cetera, on the calendar. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's a beautiful scene. And so other than Bella, what other things do I use? I use things like um, Google Drive, right? To store a lot of my documents on Google Drive. Of course, Gmail and stuff for email as well. I also use project management products as well. So I'm a heavy Jira user. Um, I use some, uh, some of the Atlassian products. And I use that for managing all of the product, what we call our product backlog, for all the features and things that we're going to build. And so mm-hmm. I definitely have to use that quite a bit. And then also in terms of productivity, I use a marketing uh, product called CoSchedule. And that really helps me get things scheduled for Twitter and for Instagram and Facebook, et cetera. And so that helps me optimize some of the marketing schedule scheduling work as well. Mm. So those are some of the key tools that I use. Yeah, lovely. And what about other people helping you? I'm assuming that you haven't coded it all yourself. Oh, no, I have not. (laughs) Yeah, so we have a team of about six or seven people at a time. So I use mostly contractors to do that. And that allows me to flex up and down because I'm a bootstrap company, right? So I've I've self-funded this. And that's why I kept the consulting business, right, to to be able to build that. And so, yeah, we have about six or seven people working on it at any given time. And how do you manage 
that with them as in you talk a lot to the customers you know what they want and then you have to sort of mm-hmm. translate that and make sure it happens what what's your sort of process for that mm-hmm. a lot of that gets done through um, managing our backlog so i really look through all of the feedback and what i tend to find is like with my development team things this they don't want to see everything because they don't have a filtering mechanism for it. I, they want me to filter it first <laughs> and condense mm-hmm. it. And so that's what I do with feedback. So I filter and condense that. And for us, it all goes into our project management um, product into JIRA. So we have our, we keep our backlogs in there. And then we actually use Agile um, framework. So we manage two-week sprints. So it's like two-week little mini projects to actually deliver sets of functionality. And we plan those out um, one to two in advance of where we're working. We can't really do much more than that because we don't have a firm, we don't know 100% um, what we're going to do. We do directionally, but we're gathering so much feedback and building. So typically, I take all of that feedback, and then it's up to me to condense that and get that into a um, method that is more translatable to what they would actually need to do from a build perspective. Mm-hmm. And what about um, yourself in terms of keeping yourself healthy and energized to run this business and continue with your other business, as you just mentioned as well? How how do you yep. make sure that uh, those things don't slip mm-hmm. through the gaps? Yes. Well, I'm at a stage now where the other business is winding down. So thankfully, I'm not trying to manage a full-time and a full-time. That was that was hairy. That was hard. <laughs> Those two years, that was really hard. And But it was primarily to fund getting the, the first product built. And, and we're now there. So I don't I don't do that anymore. So I'm primarily focused on Bella and just simply growing mm-hmm. Bella at this stage of the game. Um, so, but in terms of how do I stay sane? So I have certain non-negotiables in my life. One of them is sleep. I have to have a certain amount of sleep each night. And that, that also kind of just seems to go up and down with the seasons a little bit for me. But making sure I get enough sleep is the first one that, you know, I need, depending on the night, anywhere from six and a half to eight hours of sleep, depending on how I'm feeling. So that's the first non-negotiable, that I make sure I get enough sleep. And the second one is I have a couple of hobbies that I like to do outside of work that are also my non-negotiables. And one of them, and people always laugh and they kind of look at me, right, because I work in tech and I've been in tech for 20 years. So my hobby is um, canning, like, you know, thing grandma did with produce and I make jams and jellies and pasta sauces and applesauce and yes, totally. People are like, what, what? That is my other non-negotiable. When it's canning season, my weekends and that time to do that, non-negotiable. <laughs> Everything else has to move at that time. Well, it's interesting. Before, before we came on, I, I'm saying that I was trying to sort of scoff my lunch because I was a bit delayed on it and stuff and uh, I've got um, I had a, the most amazing um, present for my birthday um, for my mother-in-law it was a big birthday and uh, it's it's something called a thermomix I don't know if you've heard of it but um, mm, I, I hadn't so. heard of it until earlier in the year just because I'd seen it on Facebook and people were raving about it and I looked to see how expensive it was and it is fairly extortionate and I thought mm. it can't be as good as you know, why would you pay that money for it? You know, and everyone says it's brilliant. This is just, you know, I'm intrigued. So I had to go along um, to a demonstration just to see, you know, what this amazing product was. And of course, I decided it was truly amazing and I needed one. 
wasn't sure that it was it was going to happen because they are expensive. And then I, I, you know, I got this this one. I think the deal is I'm supposed to take meals round to her on a regular basis now. Um, uh, but but it is truly amazing, and it's funny because I've never been um, somebody who makes you know chutneys and jams mm-hmm. and things like that. But um, this will do that really well. And I've been looking at making lemon curd, for example. And apple chutney because I I was given loads of apples Ooh. by some friends and um and yeah so my lunch was a, a, a mushroom stroganoff which I would never have made for my lunch in the olden days because that would mm-hmm. just seem like too much effort because this machine is so exciting I made myself <laughs> mushroom stroganoff and it was like the best <laughs> and so so I'm one who's not incredulous that you do canning I'm actually just investigating you know the size of jar that I should be using and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. so I need to come to you and I need advice obviously (laughs) it's you know it's a hobby I got into years ago and for me it was really about being able to have local food year-round right so I live in Minnesota and your climate you you don't have um, fresh produce year-round that's great and ripe and local right I mean you same thing Mm -hmm. and so for for me it was about you know when you have some of that produce and it's at its absolute peak it is so good and so I would I'll go strawberry picking in the summer and then I'll come home and we'll can my husband and I'll can and that's just kind of part of our traditions right and it's it's relaxing it gets me off the computer and it just lets me mentally disengage and that's a big piece of it and I also wanted you know I'm in America boy they love to dump sugar and everything and I don't want that. And so for me, that was another reason that I started canning was because I didn't want a ton of added sugar and crud that sometimes gets added to our food here. So I I started doing that. And I've spent a lot of time, UK and Europe as well, where things aren't just sugared like crazy. And I found I liked that better. It actually tasted like real food more than something that was just way too, you know, sweet or artificial tasting. So when I started making a lot of my jams and things, I don't add sugar to them. And I don't add artificial sweeteners or anything. It's just that ripe, that ripe produce. And so when when I give it away to neighbors and friends, people are like, oh, it tastes like real fruit. That always makes me laugh. I'm like, that was supposed to be the point all along. <laughs> and friends from Europe will often say they're like, oh, it tastes like home. I hear that yeah. a lot from some of my European friends that are expats yeah. and live in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just like it's it's most days I cook something. I I made what else did I make today? Courgette and cheese bites, which might sound disgusting to people who don't like courgettes, but they're they're like little cheesy scone type things. They're just, oh, they're oh, so nice. I, it's a new recipe, so I had not tried it before, and I will try it on little Dodsy and find out whether she likes it because she doesn't like courgette. <laughs> So um, if she likes it, it's, it's definitely a win. Um, but yeah, so every day I, I I plan to make something. And the thing I've noticed actually with it um, is that I'm not um, throwing food away in the way that I might have done in the past because everything that I have, I can make into something. You know, the amount of soup I've made in the last six months is mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. but so yeah, just to sort of weave that in amongst the work. And that's one of the other advantages of working from home, isn't it? That we can do that. It is. You you fit that in. And food is another big one to me. Like I, I like I enjoy actually preparing food, cooking food. For me, it's not drudgery, but that I don't overcomplicate it either. So it doesn't have to be some crazy complex or, or difficult thing. But I enjoy that simple pleasure of just 
stopping and preparing food and giving yourself a little bit of pause. Because let's yeah. face it, as, as entrepreneurs and we're developing businesses, we work a lot, we work mm -hmm. a, a tremendous amount, right? And in, even in the normal corporate jobs, people are working a lot as well. And so having that ability, again, it's about that disconnect, right? Yeah. And kind of reconnect food and family and, and other things. And that's fine if after that, fine, you might have to go back to work, go back to do the other things. But it's building in that break and that and that almost that little bit of rest period before you go again, as opposed mm -hmm. to I try not to always just eat on the run. Yeah, that's, that's not good. <laughs> I've done that in years <laughs> past. I know what that looks like. Okay, I am speaking from experience. Yeah. So there's no judgment here. I know what that's yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah, I ate, I ate most of my stroganoff at the table. I just ate the last three mouthfuls on my way upstairs to talk to you, okay? <laughs> I wasn't running, I was walking. <laughs> so, some learning and improving yourself. You, you've, you've changed your type of business and your sort of offering and the way that you work with people. How have you continued to develop yourself to be able to do that and to continue to do that? Mm -hmm. For me, it's about learning a whole new set of skills, right? So lately, it's about, wow, oh, wow, guess what? You get to master marketing in a whole different way, right, than you ever had to do before. Because I, I, I knew what worked in the previous business, but most of that was relationships and referrals. And you still have that, absolutely have that in the product world, but you have to have help people become aware of you. And so now it's been about learning to do more videos and doing more um, marketing and and so doing podcasts and other things to see where the message resonates with people, right? Because everybody has to find those solutions that work for them. So for me, it's lately, it's been about working on the sales and marketing skills and really working to strengthen those and having to take a step back and look at myself as an entrepreneur and ask myself, where do I need to grow? That's been a big one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's a couple of questions. What about those days where it all goes horribly wrong? How do you cope with those? A whole lot of grace. <laughs> Hang on for dear life and give yourself some grace. <laughs> that's that's truly it. Because those days where it just all goes sideways and you thought you knew what your day was going to be like, and that's just not what happened. Most of the time, it's just hang on, get through whatever it is and regroup the next day. I try really hard not to beat myself up over it because that happens. And mm -hmm. I just also try to observe and make sure if that's happening day after day after day after day, then I'm missing something and try to step back and reflect. But if it happens on any one day, hang on for dear life, get through it, regroup for the next day. Yes, yeah, yeah. And what are those days where you get to live more? So that's where I talk about you getting to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the things that you feel you should do or you have to do. What does that day look like? Mm -hmm. um, for me, that day... Right now, actually, I'm, I'm starting to enjoy exploring video. I hated it when I was first doing it, but I'm getting ready to do a series of more videos because as I've been talking about the story of my company, most people say, wow, do you have this captured anywhere? Oh, not really. <laughs> so <What>? now <laughs> it's, they're like, oh, we love it when you do video. I was just really reluctant video person. And then I had a really good friend of mine is like, come on, we're going to get on some videos. And I started getting on videos with him and he posts them out on LinkedIn and they're completely candid and people love them. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and every time I do videos, the, the people that see them are like, these are really cool. 
And I'm always like, why? They're like, yeah, you're a human. <laughs> the video is like, you're not stuffy. <laughs> you have funny facial expressions sometimes. And you know, you come across like a person. That's like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> That's all it takes. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and so for me, that you know, that where where am I headed? It's embracing creativity in taking those next steps of growth. I had to spend so much time just getting the product built. And I had to harness my inning, my inner engineer. Okay, we're going to get this done. We're going to meticulously plan all of it. But now, as I'm getting to spend more time in sales and marketing and conversations, I'm getting to re-embrace my creative side. And mm-hmm. that is what I am really starting to love. Mm-hmm. And I guess as things progress, your role will change anyway. I mean, you're still very much in startup phase and development phase, aren't you? I mean, I guess you'll always yep. develop the system, but it, it's must, it must be a much more uh, rapid development process at the moment. Yes, exactly. And and that part is always going to be there, but this the next pieces will iterate as the company grows, right? And so we'll, I know my role will change as it grows, as I hire more people in, in the company. So I'm prepared for that. And so right now in the journey, it's a lot of you still manage all the details. I'm really nervous about that day when I don't know everything going on. I will be honest and say I'm really nervous about <laughs> <laughs> you know, I still hand I still hand over, and of course, people do all of their work. I'm not a control freak, but I still kind of know all of the moving pieces. And that day when I don't is, I know it's coming, and I know it's not that far off because of various hiring plans and things. But I'm like, yeah. okay, that'll be the next level of just getting used to that, of just handing that, handing stuff away, or and letting people execute on strategies. And that yes. doesn't mean you have to know every detail. And I know that's coming, and I know it's not that far out. <laughs> yeah, it's good to, to sort of be aware of that, though, because I mean, in in sort of corporate startup environments, um, quite often the people who start the organisation aren't the best people to continue it because of, um, you know, their their sort of strengths and also their personalities and the fact that they don't get what you've just said, which is that you know there is uh, that there are different phases that they have to behave differently within those phases Um, and that's sort of you know part of the challenge isn't it so good to be thinking about it ahead I guess. Yes it's absolutely part of the challenge and realizing that you sometimes you can take a part of your business so far and then someone else needs to come in and go forward with it because one there's only so much of you to go around that's one of yeah. the big things. And it's really easy to say, well, I should do that. Well, I should do that. I should do that. And at, at some point, that's a recipe for burnout. And you have to figure out what are those things that, one, do they actually just completely drain you and so you should outsource them if you can? Or mm-hmm. figuring out where are those skills that you can find someone to do? So what are those unique things that, that only you can do? And that for me is where I've realized I really have to embrace and do a lot more of being the public face of the company and being in a lot more conversations and, and those dialogues with people because that's something only really I can do. The, mm-hmm. you know, some of the management of the actual product, I can have people do that for me as I cast the vision and, and get further with that. But there's there's those certain gifts that we have or those things that only we can do. So those we absolutely have to do and we have to protect doing those to grow our business. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's been really fun interviewing you, Amber. Thanks for joining me. Tell people how they can find out more about you and get in touch with you. 
Sure. Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Amber Christian, and my company is Wonderly Software Solutions, so you can follow us there. The product, Bellasina, you can find at meetbellasina.com, and I'll also send you a code so your listeners can get 50% off the first two months, because that's fun and that's how I roll. So I'll okay. send that to you as well you. in case people want to try that out. So that's probably the easiest ways to find me. You can also follow us on Instagram. We have Bellasina on Instagram and also on Twitter as well and Facebook. So basically all the, the major social networks, you can find us there as well if you'd like to follow us. Brilliant. Thanks, Amber. I will let you get back to some canning now, shall I? <laughs> uh, that would be fabulous. It's apple season. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. All this information is available in the show notes. If you just go to powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 138, then you'll find them there. And this week, I just want to say, hope you had a good Christmas and obviously happy new year. But also to remind you that sometimes stuff that seems really hard to do isn't so much hard as that you're trying to do it at the wrong time. So during the holiday, I have been attempting quite unsuccessfully for most of it to reconcile my accounts because I got stuck reconciling PayPal and I used all the different reports that PayPal produce and it was really difficult and it wasn't working and I was getting stuck and it's, it's taken months to get to this stuckness <laughs> um, at, but I knew I had to get it done because the accounts need to go in by the end of January and all that sort of stuff and then today I suddenly had this realization um, of a route to do it and actually very easily managed to reconcile uh, how long how much did I do about a year's worth of PayPal having not been able to do it at all and I've just got a few more months left to go and then it's all done I can send the accounts off to my accountant and it just reminded me that sometimes we struggle with stuff because we keep trying to do it uh, even though we're not ready to or we don't really know the best way to do it yet and it it becomes a sort of you know albatross around our neck where we're worrying about not getting it done and you know attempting it for five minutes maybe or maybe longer and you know it not working and getting frustrated and all that sort of stuff and actually if you just let things sometimes percolate a bit and and you pause and take the pressure off and sort of that whole thing about doing less it comes right and that's exactly what happened today I literally went into the accounts found the right report worked out a way to do it and did it and within like 10 minutes I'd reconciled one month and I went back into the previous month and I went back into the previous month to that and I kept going and and did so much of it and I now know exactly how I'm going to do it moving forwards I had vaguely done some of it uh, a week or two ago with what I thought was the best way of doing it and it wasn't right it was too difficult wasn't working and it was going to be a bodge job at best now what I've done is actually going to work really well has worked really well as I say for a year's worth of of um, figures and is just so simple but it took me to sort of forget about it walk away and come back to actually find the right solution so do remember that when you have things that are really difficult, sometimes it is about just forgetting about them, waiting till the next day, waiting till the next week, waiting till that moment where you have either the right energy or the right sort of intuition or the right um, attitude or whatever it might be to find the route to get through and get whatever it is done that you need to get done. 
So I hope you have a really good new year. And you might remember last month I started doing what I called monthly webinars and the next webinar is coming up on the first Monday of the month. So the next webinar will be on Monday the 6th of January and I'll tell you more about the topic when I speak on the next podcast which will be out next week on the 3rd of January. So I look forward to speaking to you then. Again, the show notes are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 138 and we look forward to speaking to you next week. Use your power to live more.